had uh, about 400 boxes of diapers. Uh, the leftovers, there's a small little bit of leftovers, if you, uh, in comparison to what we had, a very small little bit of leftovers. Uh, that is going to be going to uh, families that are, are working, like foster families or other struggling families. Uh, Open Door is also a local ministry that we'll be collecting. So that small number of boxes is going to go back into the community uh, to bless families this Christmas season. We gave out over 300 uh, little books uh, called A Case for Christmas, explaining the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Christmas season. Uh, in those stockings were also a little track uh, called It's a Boy to go along with our Christmas series, uh, explaining the gospel. Uh, we also gave out God Loves You cards with every single one. Uh, we had uh, probably around 20 or so volunteers. It was a good, good day. Uh, so can we celebrate through prayer and just give God all glory, honor, and praise for what's happened? God, um, I thank you, Lord, that um, uh, for a generous church, Father. Um, Father, I thank you, Father, as we have a series um, talking beyond the season. Um, Father, speaking about generosity going beyond just the months of November and December, but being a part of our everyday lives. Father, I thank you for a church that by and large embodies this. Um, Father, I pray that you would never cease to be our motivation. Father, I pray that your gospel message uh, displayed through good deeds and spoken through the reality of a savior that loves us. Um, Father, I pray that that would never cease to be our motivation, Lord Jesus. Um, we love you and we give you all glory, all honor and praise because there is not one individual that gave all 70,000, Father. It is by you and your goodness through a group of people that did this. You did this. In your name, Jesus, amen. amen. At the beginning of 2020, I did not think that I would have a preference on what type of face mask I would like to wear. <laughs> it was not a conversation I thought. Now, I have a certain preference on style of face mask. Uh, if you are my wife, you go to Target, and you first place you go to at Target is the face mask section where you buy the entire family a new face mask because there's never enough face masks. Now, I have all of these, and these deal with my preference. I started 2020 with the bandana face mask, uh, and when I wasn't wearing it, I would hold it in my back pocket. I quickly found out that a face mask that hangs out around your butt should never be put on your face, so I quickly got rid of this because obvious reasons. And then uh, when I went to work out at the gym, when it finally opened back up, I, I had one of these face masks and was sucking air. I nearly died. And so they told me, you should try one of, the, one of these. And I was like, well, I'm not a doctor. And they said, yes, but if you don't, you will need a doctor. And, and so uh, I started wearing these. This is my preference when I am working out. And then last week, I saw Tyler in the back on production wearing a fancy Christmas 
uh, uh, face mask, and I got jealous, and jealousy is never a good thing, and so since Amazon heard that I was jealous, I think quite literally, uh, this ad came up, and so I got me a Santa face mask, to my preference, and little, I can't get it on because they also, they didn't tell me that it was made for kids, and so it's hard to get on. I was on vacation, and uh, I, I had the neck type uh, face mask that you pull up, but it was over the Christmas, over the winter, the summer months, and I was super hot, so I went into a little boutique store, all that was there, and this was the only stupid face mask that I felt appropriate wearing as a dude, and it's like some dude with a beard. I was like, this ain't me, but it works, and so I, I wore that. Somebody got me the best face mask ever, a New England Patriots face mask. This is a good... Thank you, my son, Landon. Thank you. I, uh, my personal preference, though, is this face mask that I got at an event I went to called Compass. It has the little things on the ears that it slides and makes it tighter. It has the metal thing on the nose to keep it nice and tight. It's light. It's breathable. This is the one I rock all the time. Uh, I'm going to keep it in my pocket for after the experience. And then this is the one that I think I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg heard that we were talking about money. Uh, and so this came up on my ads. Uh, and it's a money one. And so I had to get that uh, as well. We all have preferences, right? Preferences that we didn't even know we had this year. 2020 has showed us new preferences or has shown us what we value. As we close out the year, we can look at the way in which we have spent money and see we have given over to our preferences. As, as economics has changed, as stimulus, as unemployment, or a whole slew of different things, we can look at 2020 and now have insight into our preferences. And I think for 2020, I think it has peeled back for many people in the church. And I'm not necessarily talking to our church because I think we do have a very generous church. But in the scope of 2020, the church at large, it has taken off the face mask of generosity for many people that are hiding behind a mask of generosity. If the church gave 10%, the entire church, every person that called on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, quite literally, there would be no world hunger. We would have an excess of money to cure world hunger if we just gave 10%. So we pray to end world hunger, and yet we hide behind this mask. Today, I want us to see Jesus as we invest our money. I want us to consider Jesus. I want us to see that what the world considers to be an option for spending money, we don't see it as optional. And when the world says the church is not an option, I want us to see it as the option for what we do. I do believe that, yes, we give 10% to the local church, and then we strive for margin to give of, over and beyond that. So Today, I want to look at Matthew chapter 6, what Jesus says on this subject, and then with each, we're going to talk three sections, with each section, my butt is doing something, I can hear it, it's my mic? I'm not wearing a mask, okay, 
All right. Well, this is we're streaming live online now too. This is weird. Uh, but anyways, so Matthew chapter six, where we're going to look at what Jesus says on the subject, and then with each section, I want to pause and I want you guys to hear really from Graham and I what is going on at Wellspring, and then we'll tie all together at the very. And because each one of us have options when it comes to this subject of money. So here's the first section. There's two treasures of the heart. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There, your heart will be also. What Jesus is talking about is the accumulation of what is valuable. It is the reminder that our possessions will be subject to being consumed, whether it's consumed by us or consumed in what will be. This is implying what Jesus, when he says, but, he is giving us a contrast of values. This is, our money can go to a whole slew of what we consider to be important, and Jesus is bringing out where we spend shows what we treasure shows he's connecting our motives. He's connecting our desires. He's saying those things, when it's an option of the heart, those things are inseparable. So when we talk about this subject, the heart must be right to even hear. The heart must be right. If the heart is right, everything else falls into place. Whenever there is a spiritual problem, not just money related, whenever there is a spiritual re- problem, there is a heart problem. Jesus is talking about things when they are hoarded and stored become a spiritual hindrance. They're subject to loss. They're subject to decay. They're subject to thieves. Jesus points out wealth in regards to clothing. That's one of the things he mentions here because back in the day in Jesus' culture, if you want to look wealthy, you walked around with really nice clothing. Clothing was a sign of wealth. And so as you would walk around, you would have to fight from people stealing your clothing. You would have to fight from, uh, especially in that day and age in the Middle East, from your clothing rotting away. And you would also have to fight if you were to inherit, if you were to keep, if you were to do whatever, eventually decay would come to your clothing. The earth has a way of destroying itself. And so I Googled this concept, this decay, rotting out moths, moths and bucks. I Googled this, this like how how long does it take things to decay? The decaying process? And Google had some very interesting things. Cigarette butts. Do you know how long it takes a cigarette butt to decompose? Now, I, there are some people that smoke a pack a day. I don't know how many packs, how many cigarettes are in a pack, but is it over 12? Uh, 12 or 8 or well, something. There's a lot in there. It's in the teens, okay? Uh, and so it takes 10 years for one cigarette butt to fully decompose. How about foam cups? Foam cups, if you, if you drink from a foam cup, throw it into the trash, it ends up in a, in, in a landfill. You know how long it takes for one foam cup to decompose? It takes about 50 years. That's a long time. Wet wipes. We just gave out a ton of diapers. And with every diaper will come with a handful of of wet wipes. And especially if it's a blowout type diaper, there will be a few wet wipes with each diaper. Each diaper might have, let's say, four wet wipes. You know how long it takes a wet wipe uh, to decompose? A hundred years. 
We live in the fishing community. Uh, we, we live on the coast. Uh, the, the nylon fishing nets, you know how long those take to decompose? 40 years. Now, the, 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 this Google search showed me that the largest, uh, the longest investment of time that we can make if we want something to last is in a tire. You know how long it takes a tire to fully decompose? 2,000 years. So if we want to invest into things that are going to outlive us, we should buy stock in Goodyear, and we should fill our backyard with tires because that will outlast us. What Jesus is pointing out is heavenly security is the only absolute security. So with that, let me pause and hear what's going on at Wellspring Church. Wellspring, hey, hey, you just saw me on the stage. I'm back on the stage, but I'm with Graham. And uh, like we said, we wanted to just take a moment to celebrate. Celebrate what's been going on in 2020. I know we're ending 2020. We're so excited for 2021. But there is so much to celebrate through this year. Graham is sitting next to me as a full-time employee of Wellspring Church. Woo! All right, awesome. So first thing I want to start with, Graham and I are just going to rattle off a few things for you all. Uh, this year we were still on mission, and one of the best ways to see the mission going forward is when people go forward in baptism. And so we were able to baptize over 25 people in the name of Jesus Christ and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you, and you go in the water, you come up out of the water, 20, over 25 people. That is a blessing and shows a church still on mission. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking of that, um, one of the things that I love, because, again, church is about people. Um, we had an awesome couple come to our church when we were outside. Mm-hmm. First time, Outside. <laughs> outside. First time here, came to our church. They went to a fuel Um, got ignited about what the mission and vision here was at Wellspring, and they just took every step along the way. They got baptized, they've joined a volunteer team, um, they've built friendships, they're in life group, and it's been amazing to watch that happen because, again, this year has been weird and crazy and tough and different, and to watch a life, uh, a young couple walk through those stages and grow in their faith and build relationships has been amazing. Amazing, yeah. Uh, Up until this point, uh, we have raised just under $80,000 in the year of COVID for a major project with the well and church planting. We've divided that fund up now, and now we have just under $20,000 to go towards church planting, more, uh, whether it's campuses or church, whatever it is, but expanding the vision and the mission of the church beyond these walls over around $80,000 this year. That's that's a huge celebration. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> uh, now, Lord willing, by the time you're watching this, we would have, have given away 65,000 diapers to our community. And that is no small thing. I don't know, I mean... Take a moment, and if you're watching online, um, you know that you're online. If you're in the room right now, you can look around. Um, church looks different. <laughs> and that's probably about, when you take that number, that's averaging probably, if you were divided by person, every person gave about a 1,000 diapers. That is amazing, and the generosity of that is just really overwhelming. Yeah, generosity over people. So 80,000, the diapers, and then if you think about how the church budget was used this year, oftentimes we don't know uh, the exact needs of our people, but this year a lot of those needs have been made known where we were able to finally step into some of those needs, so we gave over $2,000 away uh, to our people through gift cards and, and paying some bills and whatnot. I just saw another email come through to be able to help another family within our church. We gave out over uh, $16,000 uh, 
partners uh, into global and local missions with America's Keswick, uh, a Brazil partnership slowly rolling in, uh, other other partnerships with uh, uh, Glad Tidings and other areas. Just the the mission of the church, uh, and then and then also we were able to do eight thousand dollars in just our own community uh, as a mission field, uh, and so that that is that is ten that is twenty six thousand dollars in being a church on mission, both globally and, and locally. Here's another thing that I think is worth a celebration. I don't know if you've experienced this, but 2020 has been, uh, to, to part of my friends, like a butt kicking. And um, everything's changed. I mean, Laissez coup and that's it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything has changed. The way we had to think about church, the way we had to think about CKAs, the way we had to think about discipleship, the way we had to think about life group, every aspect of our church has changed, just like every aspect of your life has changed. And what's encouraged me is uh, during the summer we met outside. Uh, we moved our life groups to Zoom. Um, we th- rethought how we do CKAs about how to love the community and still be safe. Every mm-hmm. aspect, we have continued the mission, even in circumstances where a lot of us probably deep down said we wanted to quit. Yep. You know, it's too hard. You know, yep. it would be easier just to stop. But this is a church that said, no, we believe in what God has called us to do. We want to continue to build his kingdom. And we've kept going. And that is a huge win, I think, in 2020. Yeah. We didn't wait to maintain our methods we scrapped our methods and maintained our mission. Uh, and so no no secret that this year has, whether it's cultural or, you know, just other other aspects of 2020, God has pruned this church to use some kind of gardening illustration where you you take away uh, what is what is maybe unhealthy and you make room for growth. Uh, God has pruned, and what we're going to share in, in a few moments uh, is is where God has pruned for greater health. Uh, and so you'll hear in a few moments some of the changes, some of the additions, some of the takeaways, whatever it might look like, how God has pruned this year, what we have learned, and what we're going to do differently going forward into 2021. So although pruning doesn't sound like something to celebrate, the good that will come out of it is worth celebrating. Do we treasure the same things? Do our hearts align in that regard? The second thing that I think Jesus points out is two masters of the heart. He says, no one can serve two masters for, ne- for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, if I am ever to get a tattoo, the likely the word will be the Greek word for slave somewhere on my wrist. I don't have the guts to get a tattoo, but if I ever did, that's likely what it would be to remind myself that before God, he is my master, I am his slave, whatever he he says goes, it is not an option. Now I know you mentioned slavery and there is a terrible connotation in our American history, especially, and it should be said it is atrocious. But in this regards, with a heavenly concept, we're talking about not a despicable master that would make slavery an awful concept. We're talking about a master that loves us better than we could ever imagine we could even love ourselves. A master that knows us better than we know ourselves. A master that always wants the best for us. And so in this, Jesus is pointing out extreme loyalty to our heavenly master. 
that God is not our employer. He is our master. Slave masters have total control of their slave. This isn't a partial obligation. We are fully obligated to our master. He's not talking about, uh, hey, I owe Jesus my part-time service. No, he is my full-time master for full-time service. It is impossible to serve two masters faithfully. An obedient slave is radically sold out for their master. John Calvin said, where riches hold the dominion of the heart, God has lost his authority. God is never okay with divided loyalty. Jesus personifies, what Jesus is bringing out here as he talks about treasures is that when you talk about things that we can consume, things that we have, he's talking about that the rival gods that we have in our lives are often the things that we accumulate as a rival god. Loving God is not merely just giving him my emotional desires. Loving God is giving all of myself to him, my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, all that I am. Landon, my son, come up here for a second. I'm going to give you a million dollars if you can do three simple tasks, okay? All right, one million dollars, okay, three simple tasks, okay? First, I need you to jump off the stage to the left. Okay, one out of three, good. Come back up here, okay, good. You're very close to a million dollars, okay? Now, jump to the right. That's your second task. Ready, set, go. Landon, You are so, come back up here. Two out of three. You are on the brink of one million dollars, okay? Now, those two tasks I just gave you, to go left and then to go right. On the count of three, I want you to do both. Ready, set, go. You can't. You lost one million (laughs) dollars. But, because you helped me make my point, here is one (laughs) dollar. All right, go have a seat. Thank you. I mean, it's a silly illustration, but right? You can't. There's just some things that is common sense. If you want to jump both left and right at the exact same time, you cannot do that. And Jesus is pointing out this type of a concept. You cannot serve two masters with full devotion. It's one or the other. And so I want you to see what we has, what has control of our hearts, what we think that we are, that what God is calling us to here at Wellspring, check out now this portion of the video. All right, so just a few moments ago, you heard Jason talk about this idea of pruning and some of the things that we've learned over this course of the year. Mm-hmm. And I want to take a moment to say what we've discovered and some of the changes that we've made. One of those things is on the topic of our values. Um, one of the, the things that we've wrestled through is this, this idea of there are values about what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of corporate values of how do we make decisions as a church and kind of pre-COVID, they were all in one bucket. And we saw tension in that. Um, We felt tension in that. So we took some time to wrestle through as an elder team and as a church, separating those out. So I want to encourage you with listing off some of those, these new discipleship values, these endless growth values of what does it mean to be a true follower of Jesus and how do we live in that? So number one, our first value is engage with God. And here's the question. How did I spend time with God this week? Yep. Uh, Number two is going to be surrender daily. Uh, How can I pursue being more like Jesus today? Uh, Number three, give of yourself. I'm asking the question, does giving of my time, my treasures, and my talents show love for God and people? 
pray for one. We've said this, we've danced around this, but now it's in our endless growth values. Pray for one. Who am I praying for and helping to know Jesus? Yeah. And then finally, number five, pursue community. Do I have community that is encouraging to my Christian faith? Now, those are just teasers. You might have questions and you should have questions because this is uh, an important part of our walk with Jesus. Really, all followers of Jesus should have elements of all of these things. And over the coming months, and really over the course of the rest of the life of our church, we will unpack these uh, these values. But then also, uh, we, we saw in 2020, we have danced around. Uh, we know our vision. We, uh, we know our mission that we exist to ignite a craving for Jesus Christ by relentlessly loving our community. Well, our mission is to work towards kind of an end. Uh, and so through this year, we, we wanted to develop some wording and some uh, language around uh, what our vision statement is. Where are we going? Where are we driving the ship? We kind of knew it internally, but we said in, in kind of a statement that we can say publicly all people can know where are we driving uh, this ship. And so here's, uh, here's what we've come up with. Uh, in the years ahead, we envision our mission being fulfilled by passionate followers of Jesus, seeking the one, and to expand the mission throughout Tom's River and beyond through a movement of kindness. Killing it. We're doing it. Uh, through campuses and through planting new churches. This will and should grow beyond us. As a little bit of what we are learning, that is a little bit of where we saw our values trying to accomplish two things that we had to delineate it out and have two sets of values, organization values and also discipleship values, endless growth values. What do we value as a people? That is at the heart of what we are doing. And so do our hearts align in that regards. <laughs> and so... Uh, where, uh, I just lost it in my notes. I skipped a whole section. Did you guys, did you see that in the back? Oh man, I skipped a whole section. That is crazy. All right, I'm going to go back. Uh, if you were following along in the text, no one said this to me. Two eyes of the heart. This is what Jesus says. The eye is the lamp of the body. And so it is your eye is, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great uh, is the darkness? He's talking about, Jesus talks about here is what we see oftentimes gets the control of our heart. And that this tunnel vision that many people can have oftentimes gives way to single-minded devotion. That when we, are, uh, uh, when we are consumed by the things of this world, the possessions of this world, we become blind and insensitive to then spiritual concerns. That... The person who is materialistic or greedy is often spiritually blind. They have a, a self-indulgent heart. Here's how my self-indulgent heart plays out. Facebook listens to all of my conversations. Mark Zuckerberg hears everything I say. Now, we joke about that, but we all know it's true, and yet we're still on social media, all right? Uh, and so I get all sorts of ads, Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg listening to everything I do. I get all sorts of ads, and they are killing it, uh, okay? So I, I wake up one day, and I see this mug come on my, uh, on my uh, Instagram ads, uh, wake, pray, hustle, repeat. So what do I do without thinking? I go, and I 
I buy it. <laughs> All right. I, I see this, this one come up. Uh, who wants to win an Enneagram 3 mug? Uh, somehow Mark Zuckerberg knew I'm an Enneagram 3. I saw this mug. $30 later, it was coming on to my house. This Christmas season, Bezos is killing it. Uh, you're, you're all naughty. Romans 3, 10 through 12. I was like, oh, that's a Christmas, haha, Pastor Jason type mug. All right. So $30 later, I bought it. My wife will tell me, Jason, the last thing you need is another t-shirt because when I'm on social media, all sorts of t-shirts will come my way. How do I know? I saw this on an ad for 2020. I miss my homies. I bought that $20 later. Someday I saw Seth Curry's clothing line, Active Faith, his game, uh, my game, his glory. Now, this is the first shirt I bought off of social media. Now I have like a thousand of these shirts from uh, Steph Curry's uh, clothing line. I saw this one early on, 2020 dumpster fire. Loved it, laughed, bought it, purchased it, preached in it. I saw this one on social media. Jesus is not a weekend thing. I was like, oh man, that's good. Bought it, preaching it, all of that. Then, then I, uh, they know I'm from Boston. Zuckerberg and Bezos know it, and they sent me on my social media ads this really cool Boston t-shirt, and I have Irish in me. I love it. This is great. So I bought it, and I have a whole slew. Of the, what's sad is Ava is absolutely right. I don't need another t-shirt. They are killing it, and how quickly I can see an ad and click buy and have it sent to my house. Now, another time, uh, I've gotten into uh, Fitbit. And I saw that Fitbit was on my social media coming out with a new watch. And it was expensive. And I was like, well, yes, I could take it out of savings and just go and buy this new expensive watch and have a better watch than my dad because that's, I'm a guy and I want to have the best, best and greatest thing. But I was like, no, I can't do that. And so Ava and I have, in our monthly budget, we have a thing called the blow budget uh, where she has some money and I have some money, $75 that we can spend however we want and we don't fight about money because, hey, you spend your money how you want to spend it. I'll spend my money how, we, how I want to spend it. Unless it's illegal, you just leave me alone. I'll leave you alone, yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, you know what? I really want this watch. And so I can save my birthday money and then I can save for two months my blow money and then I can buy this without any sort of guilt. I made a plan to save up so I could buy this with integrity. And you know what hit me as I thought through this, this lust of the eyes on my spending? I am not so quick to hear of a need within the church and just quickly go, give $30, give $30, give $30. But when I see something on my social media, I do it without thinking. And it hit me so hard that when my next level of generosity with my eyes is that I can make a savings plan to buy something, but when I know there's a need coming up with the church, how likely am I go to, going to set myself on a three-month plan to save in order to step into a need? That's next level generosity, and my spirit, my stupid eyes sometimes blind me from growing in this area. And so check out this now third video. Second video in my notes. Third and last video. So over the course of the year, we learned a lot of changes that we, that we need to make and should make. And one of the things that hit me, uh, actually during a James study, which will be new for us, is that 
we need to rethink spiritual formation. Uh, we need to rethink kind of our ministry map and how we're guiding people along. And so right now, Graham and I just want to, we want to take a few moments to explain a little bit about some changes that are going to be made in our ministry map. Uh, because we, number one, we can't be all things to all people. We, not, not everything can be uh, a master in our church, uh, to use some of the language from, from the sermon. Uh, but uh, here are the things that we need to add. And, and one of the reasons we need to add it is, kind of, think about this analogy. Uh, we can feed ourselves, and if you only feed yourself and never exercise, you become what you become. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and so in, in, a, in a healthy manner, you feed yourself and then you go and you exercise, you do something. Uh, now on the flip side, there are people that exercise, but they don't really nourish their bodies, and that is also unhealthy. Uh, and so kind of using some of that thinking is what we saw was, all right, we, we did okay in nourishing our bodies, but we did a whole lot more with the working out of our faith, and that in this ministry map, we need to do a better job of balancing feeding our bodies and working out of what we have fed of ourselves, that, though, that maybe they were slightly out of balance. And so one of the things that, again, this is just kind of maybe 30% of the changes, much more will be coming, but one of the things that we're going to be adding into our ministry map to kind of uh, trigger people and help feed their souls a little bit uh, is, is a, a thing called Bible survey. So we found something on Right Now Media. So you can come to the church and view it, or you can, you can do it online as well. We have the books for it. But Bible survey, uh, that basically just gives people an overview of the Bible, a survey of the Bible, because we have a lot of people walking in, and they don't know how it all works together. Uh, and so this is just an eight-week uh, curriculum, really, uh, that helps people understand how the whole Bible works together, where it's located, key people, the books, and from start to finish, you can have a, a, a generic understanding of the Bible that you then can build upon uh, in your life as a Christian. Uh, next, and this is something that I'm really, really passionate about, mm -hmm. is what we're calling well basics. So in, in our map, you've, you've gone through starting point, you know who you are, you know Jesus, you've had that relationship, you've taken Bible survey, you have a, a general idea of what the Bible is, and then what's next, and that's what well basics is. And here's kind of the two buckets that we're going to kind of dive into. Number one, your identity in Jesus. Now that you're a follower of Jesus, how does that work in your life and in your heart, and how do you live with the idea that Jesus is my identity. So we're going to take some time to dive into that. And then secondly, we're going to look at those discipleship values, those endless growth values that we just talked about and see, okay, where in the Bible do we see them? And then how do I live them out in my daily life? And we're going to look at things like, man, now that I know about the Bible, how do I study the Bible? And now that I know about prayer, how do I pray? Um, what does community look like? And we're going to start unpacking those things in a practical way so you can start living those out in your day-to-day. -day. And so that's going to be coming the first of the year. So if that's something that you're like, I think I need that, um, be on the lookout for that. We're going to put signups for that, um, and I can't wait. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the, ne the next two things we wanted to highlight is something that we've had on our on our map, I guess. Uh, but we really took the year and, uh, to revamp, to, to give it a little bit greater excellence, if I can say it like like that. And so we have something that we call lit uh, because we are lit. That makes us sound old and fuddy-duddy, but uh, fuddy-duddies does that same thing. You are old. I am all those things. Uh, grandfather time. Anyways, uh, 
uh, lit uh, leadership intensive training. And so we took moments and we have a group of people meeting uh, kind of every other week-ish. Uh, Graham, myself, Laura Milan, Jessica Christensen, shout out. Who has a skill set in writing curriculum? But she has that skill set. Praise God for her. Uh, and uh, and so, anyways, we're, we're writing these curriculums to say, like, okay, how can we get people into leadership, uh, into this leadership training? Uh, what do they need to know through it as a Christian leader? And then where are we placing them into? Uh, and so we've revamped that. We're putting a lot of work into that. And also mentoring. Uh, this is something that if you're a partner in our church, we believe, and we've seen this throughout the year now, that all Christians, and we're going to focus in on the partners of our church, have a responsibility to pour into somebody else. Disciples make disciples. Uh, and so we've been revamping our mentorship process. We've kind of done two or three different things with uh, mentoring. If you've been around, you've heard this phrase, take two. Uh, well, we, we're, again, gutting, revamping it. Uh, we're going to take five to six months to talk about identity like you were talking about, uh, talking about our values and, okay, you've gone through well basics, you understand it conceptually, but now through a mentoring process, I want to sit across the table and say, hey, as you pray for one, what does that look like in your everyday life? As you engage with God, what does that look like in your everyday life? And do that through a mentoring process. And so Jessica and others are helping us write curriculum for that. Uh, and so we've revamped that. I'm excited for 2021 as we roll this and many other things out, as we become a church that is in a healthy manner, feeding our souls and then living it out. When there are multiple options present, presented, pick Jesus. I think that's what Jesus is driving at in this passage. We have so many options before us. And when there are multiple options presented, pick Jesus. Jesus. Here's my challenge for us in this online experience or this live experience. My challenge for us is that you would pick the local church as your kingdom investment. Now, my wording in there is very, very intentional. I, am, I don't invite you here to say, just give Wellspring your money. I firmly believe that, yes, 10% goes to the local church, and then you build for margin to give over and above that I may not be your local church. You may have just heard things on the video that you're like, you know what? Our hearts don't align. Then that is okay. We have never said different makes us better. Different simply makes us different. And so if Wellspring is your church, if our hearts align, then yes, make us your local investment. But if not, Find a church that aligns with your heart and invest into that church. And so, and when there's multiple options presented, uh, pick Jesus. Here's where we're going in 2021. We already have a potential resident from Alaska. Uh, yes, who knew that there were things in Alaska? But somebody uh, reached out to us through an ad and said, hey, I would like to be invested into for two years and then plant a church through you guys. And so we've started that conversation. There is nothing set in stone. It is a fluid conversation. The next step is that this individual in February is going to go to an assessment where he and his wife are going to be grilled for a week by a whole slew of people. And at the end, they're going to say, yes, 
you should be a church planter, or no, you should be in a different ministry. And so if that goes positive, then this is somebody that might come through our doors in July and start a focus on youth ministry to be trained on church planting through youth ministry here at our church. That is something that may or may not happen in 2021, but we are working towards that. I told you guys, we are working with Brazil. We have a, a Jonathan Matthews, we have a partnership with Quinn, uh, who is here today, is working hand in hand with him, and we're going to be trying to maybe get a survey trip over there, where we send a few people to see what is physically going on over there. We might maybe do a missions trip there, I don't know if that will be 2021 or 2022, but we are working to build that relationship up. And then this year, we have found and presented a roadmap to a better us. 2021 is about becoming us. 2021, we have learned a lot in the last three years. We are not by no means a perfect church, but we are learning. And 2020 has shown us plans. In 2021, we will become what we have envisioned. <laughs> so do we align? Do our personal values align? Do you see where we are going? Then let's go together. Do you have a heart for the community things that we have a heart for? Do you have a heart for community? So do we. Do you have a heart for the drug and alcohol community? So do we. Do you have a heart to see more churches started, to reach more people for the kingdom? So do we. Do you have a heart to see the least reached people of this world who do not know Jesus? So do we. 2020 has killed what needed to die. It has pruned and it has hurt, but it makes way for growth. And so we will worship on the back end of this experience because where there are graves, my God is able, is able to turn them into gardens. Will you join us? This is our treasure. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.